Welcome back to Girls Next Level. We are back with episode five. Yes. Yeah, I can't believe it. And by the way, thank you guys for getting us to one million downloads already. We are so excited. We never thought we'd get there this fast. So thank you so much. It's incredible. Thank you for all the love and support. So Bridget, besides hitting one million downloads, how was your week? My week was awesome. I got to do some really fun stuff this week. I got to go to the Winchester Mystery House and film there by myself at night, Friday and Saturday night. It was so incredible. That is so fun. Where will people get to see it? Um, It'll be on my social media and it'll also be uh, streaming on uh, Scream Flicks, which is on Jungo Plus, which I do my Bridget's Hollywood Horror Nights on. But um, I mean, it was so cool to be in the house like by myself. I bet. It's so huge. Filming and they have like a whole bunch it's the 100th anniversary of sarah winchester's death oh wow that's crazy and a hundred years of giving tours wow i know and then they have this new tour where it's called walking with spirits or walk with spirits and they do like a whole um what it was like to do like a victorian wake inside the mansion oh that's cool and they talk about spiritualism and all that kind of stuff so that's a brand new tour they have oh that's really awesome yeah so it was fun and then i got to go to michigan paracon which is like the biggest oh yeah paranormal conference there is in sioux st marie michigan so i what was amazing about that for me is that i've had so many of these people on my show and obviously uh because of corona and everything I had to do it with um zoom Mm -hmm. but now I got to meet everybody in real life and it was so cool it must have felt like a big reunion it did (laughs) totally and then I got to spend some time with my brother who lives there now so it was a great week and you had an awesome week too. yeah I went on my first Disney cruise I was so excited I wanted to do that forever I went with my friend Josh who's one of the Disney Broadway singers and he was also on my show Holly's World if you watched that back in the day he's one of my best friends so we went with him and his husband Todd and we just had so much fun the cruise went to Alaska where I grew up and we stopped in Ketchikan which is one of the places we went on our Girls Next Door Alaska episode and I actually ended up at a couple of the places we went to on that episode kind of accidentally (laughs) yeah because I got off the boat for the excursion day first and then Josh and Todd got off later and they're like oh come meet us at such and such bar and I didn't recognize the name of the bar I don't know if it's the same name as back when we went there 15 years ago but I show up at the bar And it looked very different from when we were there because when we were there, it was packed full of people, which kind of changes the space a little bit. But I looked up and I saw this beam overhead and I'm like, hey, I think I filmed something here 15 years ago because somebody was walking on that beam. And then this regular older guy at the bar turns around out of nowhere and he goes, yep, you did. I know all about that. (laughs) It was so (laughs) random and like quaint. It felt like being in a weird small town where like the bar local like knows everything. (laughs) Yeah. Chiming in. So that was so fun. I bet. How was the cruise? Amazing. I'd never been on a cruise before. And the idea of a cruise would never appeal to me if it wasn't a Disney thing. (laughs) But I've heard so many people rave about these cruises and it was so much fun. Like I did work when I was on the cruise too because it was a week. So I was doing like some podcast editing in my room and stuff. But it was so much fun. I loved it. Were Josh and Todd performing? Josh was. He performed like three different nights on the ship. But the cruise was a week long, so we had a ton of time just to, like, hang out and have dinner every night together, and it was so much fun. Wait, and didn't you do something spooky, too? Did I? I? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went to Skagway, which is this little mining town. It was our northernmost stop in Alaska. And I went on, like, a ghost and brothel tour. 
That so, was really so fun. fun. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I'm so embarrassed about? I forgot. I just packed a little purse and I forgot to bring cash with me. So I didn't have a tip for our tour guide. And I'm so embarrassed. I put on my Instagram story. I'm like, hey, if you're my tour guide today, DM me your Venmo. Because I will I will never live it down. I saw that you posted that. I'm so embarrassed. Aww. So embarrassed. So hit me up um, if you're out there and you have your Venmo. <laughs> 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 so this week we are talking about about changes that happened in the mansion like how did it go from seven girlfriends to just me you and Kendra mm-hmm. and but last week where we left off was we were living with several other women and nobody got along we were so divided there was so much drama it was so bad so we were miserable because we weren't getting along with the other girls and we really wanted some kind of change to happen but Hef wasn't making it happen so we were like with the limited power we have in this relationship what could we possibly do to make our lives better here like what can we do to make positive change before we throw our hands up in the air completely you know what i mean and one of the first things we decided to do was to revamp the fun in the sun pool parties on Sunday. Because for some reason, like when I first started coming up to fun in the sun, it was popping. Like there were like new girls every week, really pretty girls. But it had kind of like fallen off over the years. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but like all of a sudden no girls were coming anymore. So we decided we were going to like revamp the menu and get new pool toys and like start playing volleyball and like going through like Polaroids from the parties like, oh, this girl looks pretty. Oh, I met her once. She was nice. Like invite all these girls because we felt like maybe if Hef felt like he was surrounded by beautiful women all the time, he wouldn't feel that manic need to be surrounded by seven girlfriends, even though half of them are people that don't even he doesn't even seem like he's into and they're constantly causing drama which I know sounds incredibly naive like you guys are probably listening like no he wants to like get laid by seven different girls every time he goes out you know what I mean but we're just trying to like do what we can you know within the parameters we were just trying to fix it any way we could well and we wanted more positive energy there too we wanted girls that we liked and could be friends with and were fun and that brought positivity into the mansion instead of just sitting with all this negativity and staleness all the time. So it felt good to me to like have new blood at the yeah. mansion. If not, I mean, just for us. Mm-hmm. And we also decided we wanted to make sure that when the big parties rolled around, which there were about four or five every year, that the guest house and all the guest rooms at the mansion were completely full with playmates because playmates always would call the mansion and ask if they could stay. Oh, I want to fly out for this party, but can I stay in the guest house? Mm -hmm. Because who wouldn't want to stay in the guest house if you're attending a party? You just have to walk back to your room. It's super convenient. You don't have to worry about like getting back to a hotel or anything. So we would always be proactive and like make sure that the girls that we really liked and the girls we thought were fun were staying in the guest house and sometimes even the game room. Oh gosh, I can't even imagine. I can't imagine staying out there because like people were out there partying until like 4 a.m. Oh yeah. The bathrooms were super tiny and stuff like that. There was a bathroom and like the shower, the toilet, and the sink were all like one thing. It was like a retro 70s airplane bathroom. It was was really weird. But people wanted to stay out there. Like people were clamoring for those spots. Well, and then later too, even extra rooms in the house, we would make sure. Yeah, absolutely. Because for us, it was just fun. Like if we're going to be at that party sitting at the table with Hef, we would have the playmates who were staying at the house come sit at the table with us. So it was so much more fun. Mm -hmm. And another thing 
we did just for us was we started giving tours of the mansion. Mm-hmm. Like, and how did you get the idea to start doing that? Well, I was just watching the tours. I could see them being done out my window. And First of all, we should say like, what are the tours? Oh yeah, <laughs> the tours. So there are there were tours that you could get at the Playboy Mansion. But before you think, damn, I missed it. These were tours that were auctioned off for charity usually, or they were um, like given to soldiers, or, or yeah, like soldiers that. returning home, or fire departments, police departments things like that that they would um, grant tours for. I would see a staff member doing the tours and I would think, oh, that'd be so fun. I would love to give tours to people that came to the mansion. And I just felt like they were just pulling somebody from the staff to do them. And these people had regular jobs that they were trying to do at the mansion and probably didn't love having to get pulled out from their job to go and do the tours. And I thought, I would love to do that. And wouldn't it be cool if we could do it like in a bunny costume? Yeah. Because the Playboy bunny costume was really iconic and the company had a patent on the costume. So back then you couldn't even buy like a cheapo version to wear without like getting sued or something. Right. Like nowadays Playboy, the company sells like cheapo versions of the bunny costume. But back then it was taken really seriously. Not even the Playmates got to keep their costumes. No, they were, they only had like a very limited number of Playboy bunny costumes. Some of them were even left over from the old Playboy clubs that closed in the 80s. Crazy. And just like, um, you know, altered for the girls. And they were custom fitted to each person. They had like boning in them. They were really, really tight. Hard really to hard to get into. Yeah. And we were lucky enough to have ones custom made for us for the tours. And I chose black and black, I guess, was the most coveted color for like the playmates. And they only had like one or two black bunny costumes. So they would save those for the playmates who work promotions who had the most seniority. And I remember Uh after I wore my black one for the first time, a playmate came up to me and she's like, I don't think it's right that you have the black one. I just want you to know, I don't think that's right. Like only girls with seniority can have it. And I don't think it's right that you have it. Uh (laughs) I was like, okay, noted. (laughs) Well, I of course got pink. Yeah. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. I know everybody's like shocked. But it was considered a big deal to get one of those costumes. And we got to keep them. Nobody else got to keep theirs. Oh, I I have like three or four bunny costumes in my collection. Oh, you're so lucky. I just have the one and I love it. It's really cool. It's just as a piece of like fashion history, Mm -hmm. it's really cool. Yeah, and I loved giving the tours. Like, I wish I could still be doing tours. Like, I loved doing that. Because people were so enthusiastic. People loved it. I mean, people would get so excited. And not only would I encourage them to take millions of pictures and I would take them for them, but people, I would give them, um, so when they showed up too, I also had like a little stash of things to give them. Playboy water, which by the way, was just like water from some company who put Playboy logo stickers on it, but it was like a thing at the mansion. People were so excited to get a Playboy water bottle. Yeah, it was seen as like cool because back then custom made stuff wasn't as common as it is now like you can't just hop on Etsy back then and get whatever you wanted so to see like custom made things like a bottled water with like a Playboy logo it was kind of cool like you didn't see that every day so people would be excited to get that as a souvenir yeah and then I would give them little um HMH notepads so it said HMH Hugh Marston Hefner on it um Playboy Mansion West and they were little notepads and then I um and little matches that said HMH on it and the Playboy logo and stuff so that would be like their little care package I would give them when we got there and people would take the water around with them and drink it on the way and then when we got to the pool or the grotto I've had people ask me on the tour can and I fill my water bottle up with, with grotto water. Ew, grotto <laughs> water. Disgusting. And I'm like, hey, 
if that's what you want to do, go Whatever ahead. Whatever floats your boat. Exactly. But kind of gross, but yeah. Yeah, and we had to learn every fact about that house. We oh, were given yeah. like this pamphlet, this really detailed pamphlet. We had to learn like the square footage, the acreage, the year it was built, the architect, everything like that. I remember there was one time we were assigned to give a tour to a garden club and they told us yeah. we needed to learn the scientific names of every plant on that property. I remember they gave us a special map of like just the plants and the trees and stuff. Yeah, we had flashcards. <laughs> and then this group shows up and we're all excited to show off our knowledge and they're like, oh, we're not really a garden club. We just call ourselves that. <laughs> And I must have spent like a week cramming for that tour. <laughs> but I love doing the tours because I felt like I had an official reason to be there, kind of. Yeah, I can see I that. Because I felt dumb just being there, being a girlfriend. I felt like, you know, I wasn't a playmate. I wasn't in the magazine. I was just kind of, you know, you're given this position where supposedly you're like the number one girl, but you kind of feel like you have no place there at the same time. So I love doing the tours because I kind of felt like I had something like legitimate to do there. Right, I can see that. I felt that way too. Yeah. And then it kind of turned into media tours sometimes too. Like if the media showed up and like say they would do an interview with Hef, but then they wanted a tour of the grounds, a lot of times that would be us then that did that part. Yeah, and I felt like I was kind of working on my resume and my reel a little bit when I got to do those things. I'm like, well, at least I'm kind of checking this off my list and I'm still doing stuff and keeping myself busy and like furthering my life a little bit. Absolutely, me too, especially with my communications degree and stuff. I'm like, broadcast journalism, this is what I want to do. I'm hosting this tour for the media. Yay, (laughs) I'm working. I love it. One time I, this was later on, but one time I gave a tour to the Raelians. They I were, remember. They were that cult that claimed to have cloned a human. I'm going to have to dig those pictures out of my scrapbook. And the leader of the cult came dressed in like this space suit. Yes, thing I was watching. That reminded me of like Muppets, pigs in space. <laughs> and I was so offended because I spent a lot of time with the zoo and the zookeepers, you know, learning a lot about the animals. And I brought him out by the zoo and he claimed to be telepathic and talked to the animals. And I was so offended by that because I'm like bitch you do not know these animals better than me like fuck off (laughs) (laughs) what were they saying oh he had nothing to contribute it was full of shit oh my gosh (laughs) I remember them coming because didn't they do didn't have to like a little uh spread on them in the magazine Oh my God, I think it was Women of the Raelian Cult. Yeah. Oh my God, you're right. I'll have to look that up. Bizarre. (laughs) I mean. I wonder if there's still a thing. We'll have to look that up. That's crazy. One thing that kind of evolved from us giving tours is I decided, why don't I give tours to the new candidates who are coming to the house to test for Playmate? Because as you experienced years earlier, you get driven up to the mansion and like a butler or somebody on staff would kind of show you around. But then it's kind of like up to you to figure out the ropes and be like, oh, do I have to show up for dinner now? And it can be really intimidating and nerve wracking. Yes. So I thought, why don't I introduce myself to the playmates? That way they get to know me, they can feel comfortable, you know, they probably won't feel pressured to go up into the bedroom or anything like that. They'll know that this is like a professional experience. And Bridget, it worked so well. I and agree. I don't even and I don't even know how it worked because it's not like I was showing them around and being like, oh, and by the way, you don't have to sleep with Hef if you don't want to. Or don't talk to those girls. They're drama. Like I wasn't doing any of that. I was just 
introducing myself and making them feel comfortable and letting them know, oh, dinner's this time and you're welcome to come out to the clubs with us at this time. And somehow it just shifted the dynamics so much that all of a sudden the playmate candidates were no longer coming up into the bedroom and they could actually go and test for playmate and whether or not they slept with Hef didn't weigh on the decision anymore. It worked like a charm and I don't even know how it worked so well, but it did. Well, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. And one of them I think is for respect out of you. Now they're meeting a girlfriend and now they like are friends with a girlfriend in a way, you yeah. know, and they, they feel like a bond to you and they feel like a security with you and stuff and so and they're they don't want to jeopardize that little friendship that they've made because that's all they have right now at the mansion so I just I feel like it just gave them probably a sense of security but also a sense of like um respect for your relationship and and what was going on and without pressure, which is amazing. Yeah, totally. So it just changed the dynamic of that whole place in a lot of ways. And it was so helpful. Yeah. And it really set the stage, I think, for the era that came next. I think so, too. And it made it more fun when we went out, too, because we felt like we kind of already knew the girl a little bit. Yeah, and had bonded sure. with her. And, and it made it really easy to become friends with everyone. Yeah, it helped so much. And the the bonds and friendships that were formed with a lot of the playmates at, from that point on are incredible. Yeah, because I would say around like, I don't remember exactly when I started giving tours to the playmates, but I would say the girls who started showing up in the magazine in late 2004. So maybe it was like early 2004 I started giving the tours. I'm not really sure. Maybe late 2003. I feel like late 2003. Yeah. I feel like from then on, we were friends with a lot of the Playmates. And before then, it wasn't really that way. It was just a weirder dynamic where there would always be like a recruiter in the group trying to get all the girls to come upstairs. And we weren't really like friends with anybody. Right. And the first time we would meet them would either be at buffet dinner, possibly, or mm -hmm. like literally lining up to go out to the club and it'd be like, oh, there's a new girl. And I feel like they also... Um, at that point this is before you would give the tours mm -hmm. at, when they would just like meet up for the club they didn't know what was expected I'm like do they need to flirt with Hef yeah. do they need to like try and talk to Hef and stuff and I think it just added extra pressure and stress to everybody and it's stressful too because when the first time you're meeting us or Hef and you're new and the first time you're meeting us is when you're lining up to take a picture before we get into this loud, crowded limo and go into a loud, crowded club. There's no time to get to know anybody or talk to anybody comfortably. Yeah. You're drinking right off the bat. Right. It's just weird. And then we, and we've already talked about the whole hierarchy drama. So yeah. they have no idea about any of that. Yeah. <laughs> so God forbid they step in the wrong spot. <laughs> so despite all these positive changes that were happening, it was still pretty miserable at the mansion. Like we didn't get along with the other girls. Hef wasn't making any changes. And we would talk about it and we kind of just got the feeling that like, you know what, he's never gonna get rid of the mean girls until somebody else joins the group. But the problem with that was no one else was coming upstairs really. Right. And you know, he wasn't recruiting new girls because he always kind of expected a recruiter in the group to like do the work for him and at that moment in time there like wasn't really a recruiter anymore and we weren't gonna recruit hell no and I wanted to ask you did Hef ever ask you to recruit or like put any pressure on you to like bring girls upstairs or anything never 
he did it to me early, early on. Like right after I moved in, like probably within the first few weeks, we were out at a club and there was a new girl out with us and I was talking to her and Hef kind of like snappishly said to me, I don't even know what prompted it. He was like, yeah, ask her if she's going to come upstairs later. Like, I don't know why he was annoyed or whatever. So I asked her, I go, Hef wants to know if you're coming upstairs later. Like I didn't try to sell her on it or anything like that. I just repeated the message like a game of telephone. Hef wants to know if you're going upstairs later. And she goes, well, what are his intentions with me? Like, does he want me to be a girlfriend? And I go, I don't know. You'll have to ask him. Like I took myself out of it right then and there. Like I'm not playing telephone. I'm not trying to sell this to anybody at all. But that was like the closest I ever came to talking to anybody on behalf of Hef and I just never did it again and after I became the main girlfriend he would complain to me more than once like you need to be more of a mama hen because the main girlfriend who came before me Tina he would always call her the mama hen which kind of I I know it makes me gag for some reason (laughs) and I think Tina didn't really function as a recruiter when I was there I never saw that but also she kind of had a foot out the door by the time I arrived yeah And I think he expected the main girlfriend to kind of like wrangle all the other girls and like show them the ropes or something. But I absolutely refused to do it. I would always get offended and just like not answer when he would say things like that. And I was, I was grossed out by it. I was grossed out by the label mama hen. I wanted I would be no t- part of it. And also like I was still the youngest. Like I don't care if I'm the main girlfriend. I'm still the youngest. Why do I have to like wrangle people? Gross. Yeah. And plus like I didn't like how it happened to me my first night. Like I'm never going to try to sell anybody on the situation or like try and bring them up to the bedroom. Like fuck that. No, but that being said, um, I didn't recruit people. But if people did come up, I did try to take them under my wing a little bit and like show them where to go and what to do yeah just to be nice because they're already there yeah you would have never like approached somebody and tried to sell them on coming upstairs never no usher them in any way disgusting (laughs) (laughs) in fact I feel like that's a big part of the reason so many girls who are around in like my first couple years there hated me is because I was kind of just like an ice cold bitch like I didn't want anybody else coming up into the bedroom I thought the whole group sex thing was embarrassing. I didn't like the way it happened for me, so I sure as hell wasn't going to try and bring anybody up there. So I would barely even say hi to like new people who were invited out with us. Like I was just kind of cold, didn't encourage anybody to stay around or anything. And I think people just hated me because they thought I was like a stuck-up bitch and they thought maybe that I felt threatened by them. But it wasn't that at all. I just didn't fucking want to any part in like the grossness of like recruiting or anything yeah and I wonder too and I never thought about this before until I was making notes for this episode but sometimes I wonder if I leaned into the like being in love and like the romance part of Hef's in my relationship because it gave me a shelter from having to be the recruiter because like I know there are polyamorous people out there who can care about somebody and want to share but most people don't like usually when you're like in love with somebody you like don't want to share them or you get jealous and I feel like I might have in part leaned into like the romance and the love bombing and the like being in love part of it because it gave me an excuse to completely stay out of recruiting and an excuse to stay out of like interacting with other girls sexually because that was my role. Like I was in love and I didn't want to share. You know what I mean? Yeah. It like gave me a safe harbor from being expected to do that. That totally makes sense to me. I mean, cause I felt like, um, that was what really was going on. Even 
then and later on, like I always felt like, well, Holly doesn't want other people up here. Like if she had her way, it would just be her and him. You know? So yeah. I always felt that that's um, how you felt about it. It's funny too, because people always say like men love the chase and men love to pursue, but I don't think that's necessarily true. No. Like I've been around so many men who have so many options, whether because they're famous or rich or good looking or whatever. And I feel like they're still always looking for like the lowest hanging fruit. And I feel like with Hef, he was as afraid of rejection as anyone else. So he would always rely on like a recruiter in the group to kind of like be his liaison and like convince a girl to come upstairs. And I know he did it sometimes. Like sometimes he would ask a girl to come upstairs and stuff. But for the most part, I think he preferred to rely on another girl doing it. So he didn't have to stick his neck out. Mm, That could be. Yeah. See, I thought it was always just the girl doing it to get extra brownie points. Well, I think that was part of it for sure. But I think he encouraged that and used that and appreciated when a girl did that because he didn't have to stick his neck out and ask every single new girl that night, oh, are you coming upstairs? You know? Yeah, and once we got rid of the main recruiter, I mean, even though there was still another girl that was sort of doing it, I mean, it pretty much died off. Yeah, totally. So girls weren't really coming upstairs. And around that time, too, because no one was recruiting new girls upstairs, that was around the time he stopped handing out quaaludes. Yeah, I don't remember exactly when it stopped. I just remember it did eventually just stop. And I never even thought about it again. Yeah, I didn't really notice it at the time. But looking back, he stopped maybe around like early 2004 or so. Maybe even a little bit earlier than that. Just because there weren't new girls coming upstairs. And it's interesting because after my book came out and I talked about the quaaludes, Kendra went on a rant on her show when she had that show on WeTV. And she was like, she's fucking lying. Hep's a pimp. He doesn't have to drug people. I'm like, he wasn't handing them out when you came around. Right. And it's just so offensive to me that she like tries to accuse me of lying when I'm talking about stuff that happened before she was even there. Yeah. And since then, so many other people have come out talking about the quaaludes. And other people have talked about the quaaludes publicly before I even did. So new girls weren't really coming upstairs. So we didn't know when Hef was ever going to find anybody new to join the group. It's never going to happen. Yeah. But we would always talk amongst ourselves and be like, God, we wish we had a group that just got along mm-hmm. because maybe this situation would be good. Because in my mind at the time, the problem was all the other girls. Like, I didn't realize Hef was behind any of the drama or anything. So I was like, what if we just had a group that all got along? Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. And we were never going to recruit anybody, but we decided to, like, keep our eyes open. Like, if Hef's talking to somebody or we think he's trying to get a girl to move in, like, we want to make friends or with that person. Or if a girl showed interest in wanting to move yeah, in. Yeah, like, exactly. Keep our eyes open for Yeah, that like, we're going to make friends with that person because we don't want this toxic situation anymore. Like, we're just going to be, like, as nice as we can and, like, try to get along. Yeah, and I don't think we mentioned it, but we already lost one of the mean girls at this point. Like, we lost her around the 50th anniversary time. Yeah, right before those trips, she got kicked out. And then Crystal decided to leave for whatever reason. Her own, I, I think she just couldn't take the drama of all is what she told me. Yeah. There was just too much drama going on. And I think she really wanted to date and do other mm-hmm. things and stuff. So she left. So eventually the group was cut down to five people. It was the two of us and then the other three girls that we did not get along with, who I call the mean girls. <laughs> yeah. So there were, there, there, it was like there was kind of an extra room and an opening, sort of. But like if somebody was going to be 
brought in, we definitely wanted to like be on that. Yeah, and just like hopefully like make sure that they're a vibe and that they're not that they're maybe the type of person we would enjoy hanging out with and not the type of person who's going to like glom onto the other three girls. Right. And there was not much we can do to control that. Like if a girl who glommed onto the other three girls came around and Hep was really into her, it's not like we can really stop it. No. But, you know, we're just going to try and like be friendly and make friends if somebody new does come along. It's all we can do. So before we get into the next part of the story, I have to explain about Hef's wooden box. <laughs> Because in his closet, he had this countertop space, which would have like a big, almost like a whiteboard calendar where secretaries would come in and they would put like post-it note, not post-it notes, but like little pieces of sticky paper that would like say what he's doing each day. So he would kind of have like a visual of his calendar. And then he had this wooden box, like this open wooden box next to it. And every week the secretaries would come in and put like pictures of the girls who would either be coming to stay at the house or were invited to come out with Hef and he would get a picture of the girl and paper clipped to the picture would be a piece of paper with like the girl's name and where she was from. So he kind of vaguely knew who they were. Why and, she was there. Yeah, why they were in town, like if they were testing for Playmate or if they were doing a different pictorial or if they were just invited to go out to the club. And I would always like go by the box and like see who was in it and see who was coming out and stuff just out of curiosity. And one day I walked by and there were three photocopied pictures in the box and they were girls who were going to be painted ladies at the next party coming up which was his birthday party and I thought that was weird because I'd never seen pictures of painted ladies in the box before and I thought oh is he inviting these girls out with us so I remember telling you about it and we thought well we should like go say hi to those girls at the party because if he's going to invite them out or try to make them girlfriends or something like we should make friends with them and you know just try to get along and you know see where it goes so we went downstairs the day of Hef's birthday party and Kendra and there were two other girls who were being painted down there and we said by the way them. they do this in the gym yeah they do. They this take the over gym. the entire gym on the day of a party and it's like hair and makeup and body, pa- body painting <laughs> and I mean it's just a huge undertaking going on down there yeah and we um said hi to Kendra and the other two girls. And I felt like out of the three girls, I felt like the one we vibed with the most was this other girl who was really, really pretty. She was kind of like a Sydney Sweeney looking girl, like natural body, like darker blonde hair. Like, I don't know why I feel like we just vibed with her the most. Mm -hmm. Like obviously out of the three, Kendra was the more Hef's type because she has like the white platinum blonde hair and like fake boobs. But I don't know. I just felt like the other girl was more of a vibe. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But it turns out she wasn't interested (laughs) in joining the group at all or anything. So um, later that night, we all came downstairs for the party. And then Hef went downstairs to say hi to the painted ladies too, I guess like before or after we did at a different time, Mm -hmm. which we didn't know. But um, we went downstairs and we all took a group picture with Hef in the entryway as we always did. And at every party after Hef took a picture with his girlfriends, he would always take a picture with all the painted ladies who were working the party. So he took a picture with all of them. And then we went to the table and sat down. And throughout the night, like when the painted ladies would come around with jello shots, we would like say hi and try to be friendly or like, oh, let's all take a picture together and stuff like that. So we already knew that these girls were already invited to come out with Hef or would be soon, but we wanted to get their numbers too so we could like have a line of communication and that we could talk to them if they did start coming out with us. So wasn't there one point where you asked them for their numbers? 
Yeah, so I was coming back from the bathroom and I ran into two of the painted ladies in the great hall. One of them was Kendra and one of them was her friend. And I stopped and I was chatting with them for a minute and um, I asked them where they were from and the friend said that she was in Hollywood and Kendra said she was in San Diego. And I thought, and I said, Oh, San Diego, that's kind of far. I was just going to see if you guys ever wanted to come up for like fun in the sun or dinner in a movie, or even like maybe go out with us sometime or whatever. And before I could even finish saying that Kendra was like, yeah, yeah, I do. I do. San Diego's not that far away. So I got their numbers and came back to the table and I never said anything to Hef about it or gave them their numbers. But the next thing I know, both of them were coming out with us. Yeah. And the next thing we know they were invited out with us and Kendra was invited to come stay the weekend, stay in the guest house and come out with us. So when For Ken- the following weekend, which was going to be Hef's actual birthday weekend. So yeah. Casablanca night and Easter and there were some other things going on. Yeah. It was going to be a busy weekend. Yeah, so then um, when she came up for the next weekend, she was coming in on a Friday and I was really excited about going and meeting her out there and making sure she had everything and just sort of like doing the tour because I feel like it's something you would have normally have done but I feel like you must have been busy doing something yeah. or whatever so I was like don't worry I will give her the tour I will like <laughs> be there and so I was waiting for her to get there and when she got there I like showed her to her room and I asked her you know what she was wearing later and did she have like all the right stuff and everything and she said um that she didn't know what to wear and she brought some things and everything and I told her that we kind of dress up for Casablanca night um, but like whatever and and then she said she didn't have anything so I said you know what I have stuff that you could borrow so I came and brought her down some clothes and some shoes to go with things and she tried some stuff on and she ended up wearing this black dress of mine that's like a kind of like a black Marilyn Monroe style mm-hmm. dress um, and some black heels and she looked really good in that and I told her what time to be back inside the house for Casablanca night and the buffet and everything and so she came up and um I remember she even sat on the couch during the movie it was her it was it was Hef you me Stacy and Kendra on the couch and I was thinking the whole time oh god I hope the other girls girls don't decide to peek down during this one movie night yeah (laughs) there's gonna be hell to pay (laughs) and at the end of the movie they bring out a cake for Hef always and so there's photos like of uh, just us sitting on the couch the other girls never even bothered to come down not even for the birthday cake which I was just like wow yeah and of course you know it was a Friday so we went out to the club and stuff and that weekend was also Easter weekend yeah so um we gave Kendra a dress that matched ours like we have these three different colored matching dresses mm-hmm. so we gave her a dress because she didn't have a lot of clothes to wear but also because we knew it looked cute and the next time we saw them was at the Kill Bill party which was sometimes, like Hef would throw three or four big parties a year, but also in the backyard pretty regularly, companies would rent out the backyard to throw parties. And whatever company was distributing Kill Bill 2 rented out the backyard and had this really cool party, like Quentin Tarantino was there. They had this cake that was shaped like the pussy wagon. Like all the playmates that were working were wearing these really cool Kill Bill shirts. And like we wanted a shirt too. Which by the way, I lost my shirt. And I'm, I'm so mad about it. I just want my Kill Bill shirt sucks. back. But um, there were also painted ladies working the party. Like the other two girls were painted ladies. And then Kendra was working the party. She was dressed as a nurse because that was one of the characters in the movie. And we went out to that party with Hef. And Hef was talking to the girls. And eventually they came upstairs. And that night... Which, by the way, when we say the girls came upstairs, the other girl that we 
thought would be the best candidate to be a girlfriend, just want to make it clear, did not sleep with Hef. Like, I, I don't want yes. people thinking that because I because we said they came upstairs. And then she was coming out with us, I would say, for about a month and a half kind of regularly. She would just come up on weekends and, like, stay in the guest house or after the other girls got kicked out, spoiler alert, she'd stay in room four. yeah. I was definitely trying to take her under my wing and giving her as much advice or help or clothes or whatever she needed as much as possible. Yeah, but not recruiting. Like, as far as, like, whatever was going on with her and Hef, like, that was up to him. Oh, for sure. Because just so you guys know, too, like, this group relationship, it was not the type of thing where, like, if Hef wanted another girl to join the group... He didn't like call a meeting and see if we all agreed or ask our opinion at all. He just did his own thing. Like, I think I've mentioned this before where there was a time when like I had surgery and I was like recovering so I couldn't go out to the club one night. And like the next day I come back and there's a new girl moved in who I've never met before. Like we were never asked our opinion on who we wanted to come up to the bedroom. I mean, we didn't want anybody to come up in the bedroom. That's probably why we weren't asked. But we were never asked our opinion on who's coming into the bedroom, who's moving in. That was all on him Mm -hmm. and discussions he had that we were not privy to. Yeah, definitely not. But then at one point, Hef said, like, told you that he didn't think she had a lot of personality. It was so weird because after she'd come out for a couple different weekends with us, I said to him, oh, do you think Kendra's going to move in? And he goes, I, I don't I don't think so. I don't think she has much personality, which I thought was fucking weird because since when does he give a shit about his girl's personality? When you told <laughs> me that, I was shocked. Like, I was like, really? Like, I've never even heard him mention somebody's personality yeah, before. Yeah, and just for you guys who are listening who might think that's weird because you probably remember Kendra from the show as being really boisterous and loud, she wasn't like that at all when we first met her. Like, I don't know if she was nervous or starstruck around Hef, but she Probably was, both. Yeah, but she was really quiet, didn't have a lot to say. She was just kind of nice and, you know. So I could see what he was saying when he said she didn't really have a lot of personality, but I was just taken aback by it because I'm like, well, she seems really nice, so that should be all that matters. And since when does he give a shit about girls' personalities? But looking back on it, I kind of feel like maybe he was getting pissy with me because he doesn't want his other girlfriends weighing in on who should move in or not. Like, he always liked kind of having a conflict, so I don't think he wanted me liking Kendra that much. You know what I mean? And it was almost like a reverse psychology thing. Like, "Eh, I don't know. Like, I probably delayed her moving in an extra week by even bringing it up and sounding Uh. positive about it. You know what I mean? So she didn't move in until, like, the weekend of her 19th birthday. But before that, the other girls got kicked out. Yes. And I'm kind of fuzzy on how that even happened because just like Hef didn't consult us on who's coming upstairs or who's moving in, he didn't consult us on who's getting kicked out either. No. Like there was that one time everybody kind of voted Stacy off the island, but that was a weird anomaly. Yeah. I mean, poor Stacy. <laughs> I know. Um, so, yeah, that did not happen. Yeah. So the ringleader of those three girls is the one who got kicked out first. And I don't even know why or how it happened. I don't really either. I've, I've heard like stories that she was, um, 
Obviously, they weren't participating in a lot of things. Like, uh, like we just said, they didn't even come down to Casablanca night for his birthday. And there was, I mean, just so many things that they weren't participating in. And the vibe was so bad. Um, but then I guess she was asking for more stuff is what I heard. Like a new car. Yeah, like big stuff, like cars yeah. <laughs> and surgeries and things like that. And I heard he just got fed up. Um, and it was an interesting one for him to choose to kick out first because she was the ringleader the glue that held the three of them together and the one that he I feel like he liked the most because she was the prettiest yeah I thought he liked her the most too and if any of them were a recruiter it would have been her yeah so that was strange but he booted her out and, but then the other two And that were was left. shocking. It was shocking. It was so shocking. Like I, as much as I had wanted this to happen for so long, <laughs> I was in absolute disbelief. Like, no way. No way. Like, what did she do? Like, what happened? And like you said, it was it was always kind of fuzzy. I still don't know if I know the truth of yeah, all of it. Yeah, I don't it. think we do. But, because um, it seems a little harsh to like... I mean, I get asking for a car is a big ask, but all he has to say is no. Oh, you know what he told me it was? When I asked him after that girl got kicked out, I go, oh, what happened with so-and-so? Why did she get kicked out? And he goes, oh, because Kendra told me that she offered her drugs. And Kendra said that she had a drug problem before and she's trying to stay away from that stuff. So that's why I kicked her out. And at the time, I 100% believed that because I didn't think he would lie to me about it. And I was just so grateful that that girl got kicked out because she was so mean that I didn't question it. But as time goes on, like, I never heard that story from Kendra. She didn't mention it in her book. And as we'll get to later, Kendra's book is not the most reliable thing in the world, but still she didn't mention it. And I almost wonder if Hef came up with that story as like a fuck you to me because he knew how much I didn't get along with the girl he kicked out, but he had kept her around for so long. He almost wanted to throw it in my face like, oh, you didn't get along with her, but I kept her around. But the second the new girl said a word about her, I booted her to the curb. Like, I think it was kind of that thing. Oh, Like, he wanted me to be like jealous of Kendra, which jokes on him because it didn't work. Like, I didn't care why that girl got kicked out. I was just so grateful she did but looking back I really think that might have been why he said that yeah I didn't care why she got kicked out either I was just like in absolute shock and disbelief that it that it happened yeah so then the next two yeah so it was really weird so he kicked out the ringleader the other two are left and tensions are bad they're horrible I mean it's just like on another level like I didn't even want to go out I was like didn't I didn't even want to go out. Yeah, so after the ringleader got kicked out, we had a club night on a Wednesday. And since it wasn't a weekend, Kendra was not there. But it was us, those other two girls, a few playmates who were staying at the house. And I don't remember it that well, so you tell the story. Okay, well, I know I didn't want to go out at all. The next day was going to be the Playmate of the Year party, and I remember going down to the dining room kind of early because um, we had done some, it was gonna be, it was Carmela's Playmate of the Year party the next day. Yeah, like I'd made her a scrapbook. You'd ordered her these like really cool custom sheets. Yeah, with, like, they were Playmate amazing. of the Year on it. Yeah, so play, they were, yeah, embroidered with Playmate of the Year. And we did this whole gift basket and we wanted to give it to her. She couldn't go out with us because, I mean, Playmate of the Year is a whole deal and you have to be up super early in the morning to start doing press and stuff. So she wasn't able to go out with us, but we wanted to give her this present before her party the next day. So we went down early for that. And I remember thinking, oh, this is so awesome and so cool. I wish she could come out with us. Like, I didn't want to, I just remember dreading, like wanting that moment to stay, yes, but not wanting not to go out. To like, I just <laughs> didn't want that moment to end. 
And then, of course, it does, and we line up, and the other girls are being so snarky and smug and, like, saying their little quips underneath their breath. Yeah, and, like, whispering and giggling and giving us weird looks, just being bitchy on purpose. Yeah, and I was just feeling a lot of tension from them, and it was making me so uncomfortable. I mean, I I wished I could stay home that night so bad. And then we go out to the club, and it's just awful, and it's the, it, it's just so bad and they even like had a, a playmate that they brought in on on their snarkiness and talking rude and yeah like I remember an argument had erupted when like one of the girls started yelling at you which is why I want you to tell the story because I didn't even hear it when it happened but I remember you guys were in this argument and then the mean girl tries to like bring one of the playmates into it and I just remember stepping in between them because I'd already started giving tours to the playmates at this point and I wanted to keep everything in their experience like professional and nice and I literally stepped my body in between them and I said to the girl I'm not do not bring her into this yeah well I was just kind of sitting there thinking I'm so miserable and I want to go home so bad and she came over to me and started screaming at me and and told me that I needed to start taking my meds and I said which is what the fuck first of all you weren't on meds and second of all what the fuck is up with the mental health shaming right like, that's like, not okay <laughs> yeah even if I was or needed to be like how dare you say that to me yeah but anyway I said I'm not on, I'm not on meds and she said maybe you should go back on them like what the fuck I know and so by this point I'm in tears and I'm over it and I'm not doing this anymore so I told I went up to Hef and I just said I want to go home and he said what and he started freaking out why why what's the matter what's going on and I said I'm just not I can't deal with it anymore I can't deal with their their bitchiness and their rude attitudes like and yelling at me like I want to go and he immediately like walked away from me and went over to them and I know that he was yelling at them and um and then the next thing I know uh one of them like went off like left and the other one was like crying and it was just like so much drama and in the middle of like a packed Hollywood like very popular nightclub yeah it was insane I mean we were in the middle of a nightclub that's why I didn't even hear what went on between you and the mean girl because I it was just weird like when stuff like that goes down in club like I see something kind of going on over here but I'm not hearing anything it's just weird yeah and and like you said they try to pull a playmate try to get involved and then they were and then you like stepped in and you were like don't just yeah. don't even go there this is something that's been going on way before you yeah <laughs> like don't even get involved and um yeah basically he told them to get out and so they were like left at the club which I don't know if they minded or didn't mind like in a in a you'd think that maybe they loved that idea of being at the club by themselves um but I I don't know how positive that of an experience that was for them and then we get home I hear this thud 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 going on mm-hmm. and I was like what is that noise and it's just like boom, 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 boom. And so finally I get up and I go down the hall and I see one of the girls is like loading up suitcases and like dragging them down the back staircase and out yeah. to her car. And I was like, oh my God, she's like packing up all her stuff. Yeah. Oh my God. I went running back to my room and I was like, oh my God. I locked my door because like I'm scared. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah. And the next day was 
Playmate of the Year party, like we said. And it's a busy day. It, like I said, it starts really early in the morning with press and photo shoots downstairs with their new car and like just all kinds of and tons of people showing up. It's a big press event in the backyard. Plus every Playmate from years past are invited up. And um, and it, it's just like a huge big deal. And so I wasn't able to like go talk to Mary or like talk to anybody to find out like what was going on. And of course, Hef's not going to tell us when we go down there. And I don't want to act like I'm too uh, interested in knowing what's going on either, because Hef would be give like would be mad at me for wanting to know she was yeah. leaving. So I can't bring it up. And we don't want to like reverse psychology it either, like. Because when I noticed the other two girls were gone, I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a minute before I ask or say anything because I don't want him to think I'm too excited about them leaving because that might be reverse psychology and he might like, you know, not get rid of them if he thinks I'm too excited about it because he doesn't want to give me what I want. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, we went the whole day like not really knowing whether Mm -hmm. they were gone or just like pouting or like what was happening. And so... um. You know, we just weren't sure. And then, like, the next day we found out for sure that one of them was gone. But I think the other one was still sort of hanging on a little bit and did try to kind of guilt Hef a little bit and had kind of a a tantrum. And then Hef just said, you know what, that's it. Yeah. That's it. And then they were both gone. Or all three were gone. And it all happened so fast and in a really short period of time yeah and I just remember we were so happy and we were in such disbelief that we went to each of their three bedrooms you and I and we took pictures of each other like jumping on their beds like we poured champagne oh we popped like, crystal we had a celebration because like, that's how mean they were we were like oh my god this weight has been lifted off our shoulders it's the start of a whole new era yes it was a celebration it was the most incredible feeling but at the same time like there was so much disbelief like I still felt like yeah, it was we too had good to, to be go true take those pictures because we had to tell ourselves it's real yeah we didn't believe it seeing those empty rooms and like oh my god it was amazing yeah it was amazing and those pictures are like one of my favorite pictures and one of my favorite memories of my whole experience and eventually Kendra moved in but not right after they got kicked out because I remember there was at least one weekend where she um came up for the weekend and she was staying in bedroom four So the other girls had been kicked out but she hadn't like moved in yet Mm -hmm. and I remember I went to visit her and say hi that weekend and I had just gotten done giving a tour to a new playmate and I had told her I go so you know new playmates come out with us but like don't invite them up to the bedroom and you know we've had a lot of drama we don't want more people moving in like and don't ever make anybody feel pressured like they have to come upstairs what'd she say about that she was just like oh okay okay you know like she didn't she probably didn't even really know what you mean by all of yeah, that Yeah, because yet. it's so... You have to understand that even though she'd been coming out with us for a month's worth of weekends, probably, it's still... Anytime you're new to that situation, it's just a weird situation. Yeah, and then that whole next year with Kendra, like... It was a breath of fresh air. It was. every. We just all got along. We all went and did stuff together. We went to like... Yeah, we took her everywhere with us. We invited her to everything. Like even when my parents were in town and we went to Universal Studios. And the Jim or, Henson Studios. Yeah. And like when we all went to Knott's Berry Farm. Mm-hmm. Like it was just a really fun summer. And it wasn't like a... Like when I look back on scrapbooks of that year, it wasn't like a super eventful year where we went on like any cool trips or had any really cool opportunities. But it was just like a nice, relaxed, 
year. Like when yeah. I look at those scrapbooks, I just get the feeling of relief because we didn't have that drama yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah. And then when fall rolled around, we kind of all went back to school. Like you and I both started programs at UCLA Extension and she went to massage school. Yeah. So we went our separate ways a little bit, but everything was still good. We like, everybody got along. It was just amazing. It was. It just felt great. Now, that's not how it went down according to Kendra's book. (laughs) Have you ever read Kendra's book? No. (laughs) Okay, well, I have it here if you're interested in anything it says. So my history with Kendra's book, she wrote a memoir in 2010. And when it came out, like, obviously we'd been out of the mansion for a couple years. And I really liked Kendra at that time. I was totally team Kendra. I was so happy for her and, like, everything that was going on in her life. I was still, like, super supportive of her. Um, And this book came out and I never read it just because I felt like, you know, I knew her and I know her story. Why would I read it? And nobody ever told me that anything negative about me was in the book. So I just never knew about it until 2014, 2015. I'm writing my own memoir. And at my publisher, you know, I had an editor and then a legal person at the publisher. They give you a lawyer and they go through everything in the book to make sure it's okay to say and that you're not going to get sued and everything. And she goes, just so you know, the way you describe Kendra moving in is not how she describes her moving in. So you need to clarify that. And I go, oh, really? So I looked at Kendra's book and then I got fucking pissed because I saw everything she had said about us that was just untrue. And don't worry worry about it because it's not that bad. And even today, I'm like not pissed about it because at the end of the book she says nice things and it all kind of wraps up but I do want to clarify things she said because they're not true and when I first read it back then though I was fucking pissed and I couldn't believe she had said that and nobody had ever told me yeah and that for a while we had been like acquaintances or like friendly from a distance like old time sake friends and nobody had ever said anything so if my book, it sounds like I'm coming down hard on Kendra, that's a big part of why. It's like I had just gotten done reading hers and I was fucking pissed. Okay. <laughs> so I kind of let her have it. But I have her book right here. I'm not going to read directly from it because I don't want anybody claiming like copyright infringement. So I'm going to paraphrase. But an interesting thing is that when she says after she met half at that first party where she worked as a painted lady, she was invited to come up for the weekend And she said she was dropped off at the house and no one showed her around. She just had to wander around and magically found the guest house by herself, which is not true because you showed her around. Well, and not only that, you have to have the key to the room. Exactly. You You can't can't just just wander into it. Yeah. And it's weird to me because she remembers in her book, she remembers the number of the room she stayed in, but she doesn't remember that you met her and showed her around. And then she says that she like called your called your room because she had nothing to wear and that you came down and shared clothes with her which isn't how it happened so it's just weird and I don't want to bring up things from her book and just flat out be like this bitch is lying because she did that to me when my book came out and it sucks and it's ignorant but I do I do want to try to give her the benefit of the doubt with each of these things I'm about to bring up and wonder okay what she's writing isn't true but could she have thought it was true And in this case, there's no way because she straight up says she just showed up at the house and nobody showed her around and she had to wander out to her room. It would be impossible if you didn't know where to go to find your way to where you had to go because the guest house is in this weird little spot that you wouldn't even know was there. And she'd only ever been to the mansion before for that party where she worked as a painted lady. So she would have only ever seen like the gym and the backyard. Right. She wouldn't even know where to go to get into the guest house. 
But I did let her borrow clothes and stuff. I mean, that part is true. And then she says that Hef offered her room two, and she said when Bridget found out, Bridget freaked out and said, room two? That's going to be my scrapbook room. Oh, my God. (laughs) Could you imagine? Which, just to clarify, that's not true, is it? It's not. Tr- oh, my God. No, it's not true. I feel like I didn't even have to say that part. <laughs> it's not true. But first, but let me just say how funny that is because room two is a huge room. It might have even been bigger than room three. Yeah. And um, Hef has to play, pay rent on each of those rooms. Yeah. So to think for one second that I might be able to just use this giant room as my scrapbooking room is comical insane and why would I do that I have my own big room yeah you have a with huge plenty room. of room from where I do my scrapbooking like that is just weird yeah. and like Hef, if I ever said that to Hef, Hef would just be like he would cackle he he would do the big cackle yeah. I mean it's so that's so weird it's so out of the box and I remember around that time I had asked Hef because I legitimately did not have my own space and I asked him if I could have room five which was the smallest room in the house that shares a bathroom just for like my stuff and my space and you know if I ever needed a moment of privacy and he said no absolutely not so none of us are going to go asking for room two yeah no way and also like I remember one of the first weekends she was up I was like visiting her in the guest house when she was out there and I was like oh are you thinking about moving in and she was like yeah but I'm gonna need the biggest room because I have two dogs I remember you telling me that and granted like I'm not privy to her and Hef's conversations about the mechanics of her actually moving in but I kind of got the impression that getting the big room was her idea. Like, that just doesn't even make sense to me. Yeah, it's crazy. And I'm trying to, like I said, give her some benefit of the doubt and be like, well, clearly Bridget didn't freak out on her, so I don't know where that's coming from. But could she have ever thought anything like that was true? Like, was there like a gossipy butler that we were unaware of that was like, oh, you're getting the big room? (laughs) The other girls are going to be pissed. You know they wish that was their scrapbook room. Like, maybe there was some weird gossip like that. But it still doesn't warrant her saying that you freaked out on her when that never happened. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it could have been, people might have thought that I would want to switch to room two since that would be like kind of, if you're still looking at the hierarchy, technically like maybe I would move to room two and then she would get room four or three or three would go back yeah, to like maybe a shared room that. or four, but uh, I never even wanted to switch rooms. Like I was totally happy with where I was and it was a huge, my room was a huge room. Yeah. So then she says that she was seeing other guys while she was at the mansion, like during the day and stuff. And then she says that you and I tattled to Mary and that she got called down to the office with Mary and Hef and that they said, oh, are you seeing other guys? Because Holly and Bridget told us that. Which I don't remember that at all. Me either. I don't, I didn't even, I don't think I knew that she was cheating while uh, on those early days like that. Me either. I just thought she was at massage school and what she was doing with her time, I don't care. Like we were all getting along and things were as good as they had been at the mansion to that point. Yeah. So nobody cared. But then she also accuses us of trying to get her kicked out and Audra put on Girls Next Door. Which never happened. No, well, that's weird too because Audra had been there for a long time. Like she'd been coming up and staying at yeah. the mansion, and 
And she started staying in bedroom four, like probably not long after Kendra moved in. And she was just around as a friend. Like she wasn't a girlfriend. She wasn't like sleeping with half. She was just somebody that we thought was really fun to have around. We enjoyed having her at the house. And she had a boyfriend. Right. She had a major boyfriend. Yeah, she was dating Michael Keaton. So she's already a playmate. She gets to stay at the mansion totally for free. No kind of obligation. She has a boyfriend. Why would she even want to be a girlfriend? Yeah, she wouldn't want to be. There's no reason. Yeah, and if she wanted to be, or if Hef wanted her to be, or if we had wanted her to be, that could have happened at any time. Right. That's crazy to me that she thinks that. I mean, just for the record, Kendra, if you are listening, it never once even occurred to me to to think Audra would be a girlfriend or take her take your spot on Girls Next Door. And I don't think either of us would have ever thought we had the power to recast the show. No. So this is this is after the show started? She or? makes it sound like this is like right when Girls Next Door started filming. We were trying to get her kicked off the show and Audra put on. Yeah, that's crazy. Not true. And this, out of all the weird things she says about us in the book, I think this could be something that maybe she thought was true. Like maybe it's not as much of a straight up lie as like you freaking out and saying room two should have been your scrapbook room. <laughs> like maybe if she did get interrogated by Mary and Hef, like, oh, where are you all day? Are you seeing guys? You know what I mean? Maybe she assumed we told on her or maybe she saw Audra as a threat. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. So maybe she thought that. Like, maybe she was paranoid, but it's still not cool to, like, characterize us like that in her book and make us sound like we were so hateful when none of that was happening. No, because at this point, I thought we were all getting along great. She also says we never invited her to be part of our fun. Oh, I have scrapbook photos to prove that. Me too. Like, I went back through my scrapbooks just to make sure I wasn't hallucinating. And I'm like, no, we invited her to everything we did. Yeah. Definitely that first summer. And in the fall, we kind of went our separate ways a little bit because we all went back to school. But anytime she didn't come to us with something fun we did, she was always invited. It was she said no. Yeah. So there you go. And then the other thing she says that's way out there and kind of egregious is... She said that we told her when she first moved in that we are celebrities and we never wear the same outfit twice. (laughs) Are you serious? (laughs) Yes. I would die of embarrassment, especially back then, before I ever said I was a celebrity. Like, I knew how low I was on the totem pole in Hef's world. Like, and I knew I was always under his shadow. I knew I wasn't shit. Like, I was not saying I was a celebrity back then. I did not feel anything like a celebrity. And we were the queen of re-wearing clothes. So I don't really see either of us saying we never wear the same thing twice. Like I might have in the process of like loaning her outfits because I would have loved if somebody would have done that for me when I was new and didn't have any clothes. I might have said something like, oh, we go out a lot here so you need a lot of clothes or something like that. But that was just coming from a place of, oh, you can borrow whatever you want anytime. Right. It's not because... I never wore the same outfit twice or even really wore expensive clothes or anything. I wore the same things all the time. Like they were on repeat and I have scrapbook photos to prove that too. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to give her the benefit of the doubt and wonder where she could possibly be coming from. 
And maybe Kendra had just never been in a group situation with other women where she was ever welcomed before. Like maybe the girls on her sports team growing up were mean, or maybe the girls in the strip club were mean. I don't know. So maybe if there were two women who were like welcoming or trying to help her out or here you can borrow clothes, maybe she was paranoid and like, okay, what's the catch? I don't know. I'm just trying to make any kind of excuse for her I can, but it's kind of fucked up. And I feel like whether it was coming from her or her ghostwriter, I feel like there's a hint of her just trying to want to make herself look like she's the underdog and like Holly and Bridget were mean. But she's a survivor and she can push through. You know what I mean? But it's it's extra... um sensitive to me that she said that those kinds of things because we really did you and I really did go through all that kind of drama and being treated like that and stuff and I was trying to go out of my way to make sure a new person didn't feel that way same so that's what's really disheartening to me about it yeah and granted Kendra's coming into it from a different perspective because she had never been there before she hadn't dealt with all the drama we had dealt with So she's seeing it through a different lens and maybe through paranoia, she's creating this animosity toward us. Like it has to be her against the world. I really don't know. But next week we are going to talk about the Girls Next Door pilot and how the Girls Next Door came to be and its origins and the many iterations it went through before it became what it was. Because it wasn't always supposed to be the way it is. It wasn't supposed to be about us. So I'm going to put in the show notes a YouTube link to at least part of the pilot because unfortunately the girls next door pilot isn't available to stream anywhere that i know of no it's on the dvd it's on the dvd so if you guys can find like a copy of the season one dvds you can see the pilot but if not catch it on youtube while you can because obviously somebody who doesn't have the copyright posted it so it might get taken down catch it while you can but i will post the link in the show notes and next week we will talk about the pilot so we will see you then bye guys